Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history. And it is Rose Bowl month, and we are celebrating all month the great game that's coming up here in early January and uh, talking about the history of the uh, first hundred and almost 20 years uh, of the game. And uh, we're sharing it tonight with historian Timothy Brown of Football Archaeology. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the Pig Pen. Hey, Darren. Thank you. Look forward to to chatting this one is near and dear to my heart the first book i wrote was about the world war one rose bowl games so i spent a ton, lot of time trying to figure out the, the puzzle to this one <laughs> well why don't you know we we should have did this in the first episode when you kicked it off and you mentioned the book and i i apologize for not doing so but why don't you give us the name of that that book and if it's still available where people can get it called fields of friendly strife um so kind of modeled off of the douglas MacArthur. Uh, you know, phrase, but uh, you know, it's available uh, on at, on Amazon. So you know, either paperback book or if you subscribe to Kindle Unlimited, you can get it for free. Okay, very good. So uh, definitely a lot of the information we're going to talk about tonight because we're going to talk a little bit of uh, military football and its association with the Rose Bowl. So this is some exciting games uh, we're going to be talking about. So I'm, I can't wait to hear about this history. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I guess, so, you know, one of the things that um, is just fascinating um, to me is just, you know, the, the, we assume that football is either professional or associated with schools, but early on there was a, a you know, decent chance that the military could have been and stayed involved in football and other sports because um, they were for a, you know, a long time. And there were some, you know, a lot of games really from almost the start of football through into the sick 1960s, the military bases and, you know, naval ships, et cetera, played a lot of, you know, played football games, you know, for both recreation and to, and just, you know, for the, you know, physical fitness and, you know, et cetera, of, of the, the troops or sailors or Marines. Um, but so what happened, 
however, <laughs> was it in, um, you know, they were planning to have a 1918 Rose Bowl game, but this thing called World War One kind of got in the way. And so uh, in, say, you know, October or so of, of 1917, the Rose Bowl committee reached out to Woodrow Wilson and said, hey, you know, is it going to be okay for us to play this game that it involves uh, likely, you know, bringing someone, some team from the East coast and, you know, travel was restricted and there are all kinds of, you know, concerns about that. And Wilson, who had been the manager of the Princeton team when he was an undergrad and had also coached uh, when he was at, forget if it was Williams or Annenberg, but you know, one of the two. So um, he's one of the four football coaches who became U S presidents. Um, so he was a big football supporter and he ended up, um, he said, yeah, have the game. It's important that, that uh, we, we continue with these kinds of, you know, contests, you know, for the spirit of the nation. So, so then they were looking at, you know, military teams from the East coast and military teams from the West coast. So instead of, well, they kind of, they were looking at colleges too, but, you know, pretty much the colleges were fairly early on. were saying we can't play, you know, we're not, um, we can't send people, we can't send our students out there um, with travel restrictions, et cetera. So they started looking for military um, uh, military competitors. And there was a, a group out in Allentown, uh, Pennsylvania, the Am an ambulance corps team that had, had a pretty good record. And there were a couple of others out there. Um, and even I think Pitt was under consideration. Uh, but one way or another, different teams kind of got picked off. You know, the ones they were thinking about coming from out east got picked off. And so um, there really wasn't anybody worth <laughs> bringing out. So they ended up uh, deciding to go with, um, they had already decided they were going to use the, the Mare Island Marines. Uh, Mare Island is in San Francisco Bay Area. And that was the training um, facility for uh, Marine recruits you know, into say 20, 1924 or so. So they had a heck of a team um, and they had, uh, you know, played a, a schedule that involved, that included, you know, college teams from the West coast, as well as some military teams. And in fact, they had played a team called Camp Lewis during the season and had beat, beaten them. Um, Camp Lewis was up in, you know, up just outside of Tacoma, uh, Washington. And it was a, you know, big, you know, 31,000, you know, soldier training camp for the 91st division. Whereas, um, uh, Mare Island only had like, you know, 25, 2600 recruits. And as it turned out, you know, kind of one thing led to another and Mare Island was, was invited. They were waiting to see who they're going to play. And, uh, you know, Camp Lewis kind of went on a tear towards the end of the season, uh, one, you know, won the rest of their games. And so they were invited uh, to, to meet, to meet Mare Island. So, you know, he ended up with an army versus Marine uh, game for 1918. Well, that camp Lewis probably wanted to get a, a little bit of uh, the respect back uh, after getting beat by Mare Island earlier in the season when you think. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know, the funny thing, you know, both teams had a bunch of guys from the Northwest. There were nine players from or from the university of oregon spread across the two teams there were a couple of guys from um i think they're 
two guys from like Minnesota, but you know, a couple of guys from Cal and um, you know, Stanford, uh, Washington, etc. So um, because Camp Lewis was in the Northwest and the army, you know, if, if you got drafted, you went to a, a training camp in a, either in your state or a neighboring state. Um, whereas the Marines, you know, they, they had people from anywhere west of the Mississippi. Uh, but they still had mostly guys from, you know, at least from a football standpoint, guys from the Northwest. So these two teams knew one another. A bunch of them were teammates, you know, with guys on the opposing team. Um, you know, they had, uh, in fact, the Marines got, because a bunch of them had played for at Oregon, they got the Oregon coach to come and coach them for the Rose Bowl. You know, a guy named... Uh, uh, Bezdek, who, you know, ended up having a great career, ended up, you know, he was at Penn State, he had been at Arkansas, etc. So, um, so anyways, it's this, you know, it's the, it's still this East-West game, lots of national attention, lots of uh, folks interested in the game, anybody who, who was at a Marine as a family member, or a soldier as a family member, you know, was all, you know, getting into this game. Um, so they finally meet on New Year's Day, and uh, you know Mary Island led at half, like nine to seven, and then so it's pretty tight game in the first half. But then uh, Mary Island just kind of took it to them, and you know they only won nineteen to seven, but it was it was very clear who the better team was. You know they had beaten them early or during the season, and then they beat them uh, after the season as well. So. Um, but you know, one of the neat things, and I'll, I'll hold off and cover this too much, but, uh, it's not so much neat, but one of the interesting things is that a lot of these guys who played in the 1918 game, they, you know, they were finishing their training and then they were getting sent over either for additional training or sent overseas, so, you know, sent to France and, and the and Netherlands. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll maybe after the night, after we talk about the 1919 game, I'll kind of talk about kind of what happened to some of these guys. But there were a bunch of these, um, you know, I think like 14 of the 14 of the 20 guys or 18 guys on the um, on, on the Camp Lewis roster, um, you know, ended up in France and they saw, you know, a fair amount of fair amount of battle, et cetera. Um, so it was, you know. It was a very bittersweet thing for these guys too. You know, a lot of them figured, okay, this is the last time I'm ever, I'm ever going to play football, and you know, they had no idea how long the war is going to last. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, uh, and you know, anyways, I'll kind of hold off on, on that for a minute, but because I think the implications of both of these teams are really pretty interesting. Um, any any questions about? No, no. So you know, I, uh, I, I sit there and I start jabbering, and so no. So so Mare, Mare Island uh, showed their dominance uh, earlier in the season. Uh, you know, played at Camp Lewis, played again in the Rose Bowl, uh, overcame a close game at halftime, and, and won nineteen seven. They're the Rose Bowl winners of a uh, nineteen eighteen Rose Bowl. So yeah. So okay, very, very interesting. So the war is still going on the following year. So. I guess that sort of segues us into to talking about the 1919 season. Yeah. Well, so it's the 1918 season, 1919. 19, Rose okay. Bowl. Right. Okay. I'm um, sorry. 
but I mean, I get those. Well, I'm going to break in right here for just a second because this is a great way to segue into the next part. But we're going to wait a couple of days and come back to Tim Brown of footballarchaeology.com. And he'll talk about that next season, the season of 1918 and the 1919 Rose Bowl. And uh, tomorrow we have another guest that's going to be talking about that in between these two segments of Tim's. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of coverage on this 1918 season of both teams uh, and the Rose Bowl game played on 1919, January 1st. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.